All right, are you, are you ready for God's Word today? Are you ready for God's Why don't you grab whatever copy of God's Word you have, whether that's digital or whether it's analog, meaning whether you click or whether you actually turn pages, and go with me to Mark chapter 5, the Gospel of Mark, the fifth chapter. And I'm kicking off a brand new series today um, that we called High and mighty. And I'm going to explain why we call it that and what we're going to be talking about in just a moment. But we're going to dive into Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew, Mark chapter 5 um, together, Mark chapter 5. And it says this, and when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him and he was beside the sea. Then he came, then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and he implored him earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she might be made well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. I just like some versions. Like I was raised uh, King, old school King James. Was anybody else raised old school King? Where we came from, they felt like God spoke King James. And so we were only allowed. So I learned it with the these and the thous and the for which cause and the, you know, and the, the neverthelesses and all that kind of stuff. This is ESV, but I like it because it's just thronged. I just think that's cool. Thronged about him. I don't know what that means. Anyways, um, and there was, a, <laughs> there again, that is pointless, but just wanted to share it. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but instead grew worse. And she heard reports, said when she had heard, what did he had said? When she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus then perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see this crowd pressing around you and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him. And she told him the whole truth, not the cleft notes. Like, I understand this woman because you asked me a question. Like, there, I'm not like most men. Like, in, in your relationship, maybe your husband, you ask him, it's like, I'm fine. But husband, you ask her, it's like you get the whole, tr- the whole, every detail. That's why I like, guys, that's why ESPN puts a little dun 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 like, don't you wish that would be in relationships sometimes? Like, if, if you had the little captions over here telling you what the next story was so you could follow along, and then the da-da-da-da-da-da to let you know it was actually over. I love it because all the guys are like, <laughs> I'm not laughing, Pastor. I don't care. I'm not going to do it. She's looking at me. All the women are like, all the guys are like, straight ahead. Don't breathe. Anyways, she told <laughs> She told the whole truth, and he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word, God, that brings life, that is powerful, that transforms. Um, and God, we have gathered in this place, not just in this place, we have gathered in your presence. And so what we ask right now, God, is that we don't miss the purpose and the reason for which you have brought us here today. That we are here, God, um, for something important, something valuable, something spiritual, not, not religion, not tradition, not ritual. But God, we're here because this is a moment that you have set us in. Let us not miss the power of the moment. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. So I call this message, I think I can. I think I can from the series High and Mighty. So let's talk about it together. So if you study, if you want to go to Bible school, um, if you want to go to cemetery, I think it's a great thing to go to. And, um, and if you go, I'll save you a little time. If you go there, they're going to teach you that in the Bible, there are three categories of laws, three categories of laws in Scripture. They're going to tell you that there are ceremonial laws. You see most of those more so in the Old Testament. Some Orthodox Jews still practice some of the ceremonial laws. But you're going to see those in the Old Testament. It has to do with dress, and it has to do with sacrifices and offerings and all those type of things. And you're going to see civil laws, and you can see that in the book of Leviticus. In fact, uh, 
um, a lot of our civil laws today actually come from the Bible. When you get, when you think about capital uh, offenses and those type of things, you can actually see that in the Bible. There's your civil laws, and then there's your moral laws. The the Ten Commandments, if you will, would be the easiest. The the these and the thous and you shall not and you shall and you know don't steal stuff and that kind of thing. Those are those are moral laws. But actually, if you're a little bit more observant, there's some other laws at work. Um, in in our world, and and so we would start with those being natural laws. The easiest um, explanation of that would just be gravity. Gravity is a natural law. Like if you got on your scale this morning, the reason that scale works is because of gra- first of all, don't weigh on a Sunday. I never weigh on a Sunday because I don't want to come up here depressed. It's going to affect the sermon, and I don't weigh on Monday and Tuesday. And Wednesday, because it's a little early in the week, and I'm still getting over whatever I ate for the weekend, so I try not to weigh. And then I don't weigh on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday because it's too late in the week, and I've already blown it by then. And so essentially, just don't weigh. And so um, (laughs) I just want to preach right now, you are not a number. And so anyways, um, (laughs) don't let that scale tell you. There's a demon in that thing. Um, (laughs) Um, but, but there's gravity. But just like there are natural laws, we understand natural laws are, were created by creation when God made the planet. But see, before earth existed, there was another realm, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And it's a spiritual realm. It's a spiritual kingdom. In fact, that is why earth was created, is because God, who reigns over the heavenlies as a king, decided to expand his rule and reign and kingdom. And so he created a physical planet to colonize, if you will, earth would be a colony then of heaven. And so so in the spiritual realm, creating the physical realm, it created natural laws like gravity. But if you back up to the spiritual realm, there are actually spiritual laws. In fact, in the Bible, you see them. Like when G- Jesus and Peter go strolling on the water, obviously we have some natural laws here um, that would typically apply, like the laws of water displacements, or we say buoyancy or density or those type of things. But what happens because the kingdom of heaven is the control center for the kingdom of earth, spiritual laws supersede physical law. So Jesus suspends or comes up with a different kind of spiritual law for he and Peter to walk on the water because obviously if you head to the lake today or you go out in your backyard and you think I'm going to try walking across my pool, it's probably not going to work for you. But it did for them. Because spiritual laws are powerful and they exist. And a lot of of our experience on this earth, the victory that we experience on this earth, has to do with our understanding and our applying of spiritual truth or spiritual law. Because law is a constant. All laws are constant. That's what makes them law. Like gravity doesn't fluctuate. That's why your scale, whether you like it or not, is right. Right? Right? Like, it would be nice to get on there and say, oh, we just experienced a little more gravity today. <laughs> gravity must be up 10%. I just... <laughs> but laws are constant. And so in this series, then spiritual laws are higher and mightier than natural law, thus high and mighty. And so today I want to kick it off by starting and talking about a spiritual law. And it's actually, it's actually the law of faith, the law of faith. And we have to understand that when we apply the law of faith, it can actually overcome natural law, which is what we see in Mark chapter five. So we have natural law. So we have gravity, right? We have gravity. And so gravity works. We talked about that. It's just kind of a constant. Like it doesn't matter if you believe in gravity or not. Did you ever notice that? Like you can say, well, I don't believe in gravity. Gravity doesn't seem to care. Gravity is kind of like, it's a constant. It's just always there. Now to illustrate the point of higher law and mightier law, we have to start with the concept of gravity. Do I need to drop it again? Y'all kind of get it. I just want to drop it till it blows up because I'm a boy. We're getting so close. So gravity is a constant. So what you may not know about me 
There we go. And so what you may not know, one thing is, so I'm a pilot. I have a pilot's license. I have an instrument rating. Used to fly. I don't really fly that much anymore, um, mostly because I just don't have a plane and don't really need to fly. But so, so gravity is a constant. So if you know anything about planes and aviation, you know about the Wright brothers, Orville and Wilbur. If you're pregnant looking for baby names, Orville, Wilbur, all right? And so uh, this is a picture. What they're really known for is... Um, the first controlled flight. So they used gliders, but this was an aircraft that actually had motors. So in 1903, um, in uh, North Carolina, um, they experienced controlled flight, meaning under the power of motor, but also having control somewhat of the airplane for the first time. Now, the first flight was about 12 seconds and about 100 and so feet, all right? But now the fourth flight that day was like 800 feet and lasted almost a minute, 59 seconds. But what they discovered is that there was a law that supersedes gravity. Now, if you've ever been on an airplane and you've ever wondered how do they get those big airplanes in the sky, right? So you take like an Airbus 380 that weighs 1.2 million pounds, and yet they, they put people on, like, you get on it and go 40,000 feet in the air, right? And so, and so how do they get that airplane to fly? Well, it's a law that supersedes the law of gravity, now, this law was in existence all along. It existed, but then they discovered it, and then they used it. And the way, the way the law of lift works, it means you meet some conditions. So the way an airplane does it is uh, airplanes have a bulge on top of the wing, so they actually make the distance air has to flow over the top of the wing longer than the distance it flows under the bottom of the wing. And so what that does is cause the air on the top of the wing to speed up and it creates low pressure on the top of the wing. The air on the bottom of the wing is going slower and it creates higher pressure. So now I have higher pressure on the bottom of the wing, lower pressure on the top of the wing, and now I've created lift. So now it's just about aerodynamics to get enough lift to move that weight 1.2 million pounds in the air. And that's how lift works. Now, if at any point you, you don't meet those conditions, gravity is still there. It wasn't that you took gravity away. You just found a law that was greater than. I remember one time we were flying, a friend was taking a guy and we were going uh, and we were over Oklahoma and we threw a prop seal. And so the airplane I have is a single engine. Um, and so I'm flying. And when you you have a you have hydraulics in your prop that feather your prop and it's kind of, if you think like a 10 speed bike it's probably more information what did we learn today nothing about god but we can talk about airplanes and so um but but we threw through a seal busted and threw oil all over the windshield and so we're you know buzzing along and i hear this very intimidated voice from behind me get on the intercom and say hey are we going to land so I explained, because I, I don't know what, I'd already done all the checks. We were fine. We were not in imminent peril. And so I was just playing and having fun at that point. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're in an airplane. You're, we're going down. <laughs> like, gravity's there. I mean, if, sooner or later, we're going to run out of fuel. So landing's not an option. And really, landing is actually just a controlled crash, if you know anything about what you do to land an airplane is you disrupt the airflow. It's called stalling, but you stall it right above so you, you cancel lift right above the runway, and then gravity takes over again. That's how, that's how I know you're sitting there, like, probably on your way to church. You know, I just wonder how airplanes fly, Merle. Well, Ethel, I'll tell you. I don't know, but hopefully the pastor is going to be the word from the Lord today. Anyways, the point is that there are laws that supersede natural law. And that's really what gets us back to this woman in this story in Mark chapter 5. Romans 3.27 is Paul talking to the Romans, and he makes this statement, and he's talking about how, how we're saved and how we're made right with God. And he actually says, it's not by the power of moral law. I don't know if you realize this, but you're not saved by moral law. If you could have been saved by moral law, the Ten Commandments would have saved everybody. So you are not saved by moral law because moral law exploits the weakness of our flesh. 
You're actually saved by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is Romans 8. And the way you, the way you implore the law of the spirit of life is the law we're going to talk about today, which is the law of faith. And that's what Paul tells the Romans in Romans chapter 3, verse 27. He says, where is the boasting then? In other words, if this is all about what Jesus did, you don't get to boast. If you are saved by moral law, you can post it on Instagram and you can say, look at how good I am. But since none of us can be or were or will be saved by moral law, we were all saved by the law of the Spirit. We were all saved by grace through this law of faith. So he says, where is the boasting then? It is excluded because it's not about what we do or how we live. It's about what Jesus did. But by what law or what works? No, it's by the law. He uses this phrase, the law of faith. I think where you have done where we have to start because everything that you will ever receive from God comes this way, the law of faith. In fact, you have to understand grace and faith. That's the first two weeks we're going to talk about this week's faith, next week's grace. But we're going to talk about it because this is how we receive everything from God. Everything is based on his goodness and our belief of it. And so you have to understand grace and faith. And so he calls faith a law. And what I see in Mark chapter five is the law of faith at work. And I love the passage in Mark chapter five. I love all the things that are going on because there are so many great images because when we're talking about faith, first of all, this law will work for anyone. Because in Matthew chapter five, we actually have a miracle that interrupts a miracle. Because we have Jairus. Now, when the Bible, and I love this too, when the Bible gives a name, it is because it is, it is significant. In other words, when the Bible names a character, that character has significance. This is Jairus. He, there's, there's some aristocracy to who this is. He's, he's got some status, if you will. And so it says, Jairus, notice the woman. It doesn't name. She is the woman with the issue. By the way, the law of sin and death will always label you by your issue. I know what it is. You know what it is to have somebody, something, or even ourselves labeling ourselves by our issue. This was a, I know what it's like to have your issue enter the room before you enter the room. Are you, this lady has an issue and I like it because we have a person of status and we have a person that doesn't have status. Both of them are applying the law of faith. So it does not matter your status. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor or if you just got saved today or if you want to get saved today. The law of faith works for you. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic class. It does not matter your race. It does not matter about your gender. gender. That's why like, I want to use this to see like we have Jairus and, and we have this late. And it also doesn't matter about your generation because we have a 12-year-old girl and we have an older female. And so I like the picture because faith works for everyone. And then I like the picture that this lady was a lady with a flow of blood. She had a, a discharge or a flow of blood, which is to say she was hemorrhaging. And I like it because you're sitting here, it's like, oh, the message on faith, the message on healing, and, and, and I don't need that or whatever the case may be. I, I want to, I'd love to just talk about a minute about bleeding you can't see because that's what a hemorrhage is. And maybe, maybe you're not hemorrhaging blood, but maybe you're hemorrhaging in a relationship or in a marriage or financially. Maybe your hemorrhaging is more anxiety or depression or some other mental illness or, or emotional problem. Because I like it because the Bible applies to everybody. Faith applies to everybody. I also like it that Jesus could be interrupted going to heal a daughter of a man of status and would stop for someone who had lost all of their status. Who by the law was not even allowed to be in public. I also like, I don't have time to preach this. I also like, I also like it because while the law of sin and death labels you <laughs> by your worst moment, <laughs> Jesus labeled her By his grace, because he said, daughter. It's the only place in scripture he does it. Daughter. It's a term of endearment. It's family. And so I like it because I think this applies to everyone. So let's dive in together. That was all the introduction. We have three points. We're going to be here till two o'clock. Number one. <laughs> Number one, write this down. How do we apply the law of faith? Oh, man, I never threw my airplanes. This was how I was going to show you all the law of lift versus gravity. 
Better, oh, that was so good. By the way, did y'all sign the disclaimers before you came in? Oh, look at that one. Yeah, the kids in the back, <clears throat> staff kids come by and want me. Oh, but that's the law of lift. By the way, the way you make those work is you, it's the wing design. Anyways, number one, <laughs> number one, <laughs> what's your spiritual gift, ADD? Um, <laughs> number one, it's the lady with the issue, but if you want to apply the law of faith, number one, listen for a change. Listen for a change. In other words, listen for something different. Um, Mark 527 says she had heard the reports about Jesus. She had heard the reports. Now, what we know from her story is she had heard many reports. She had 12 years of doctor's reports. And, and, and I thank God for doctors. I think God, people ask questions. I'll just answer it. How, where, do you, where do you put healing? I think all healing comes from God. There is natural healing, there is medical healing, and there is miraculous healing. And I think it all comes from God. I think God made our bodies to heal, right? I think God gave us the medical community to help our bodies heal. And then I think when, when, when our bodies aren't able and the medical community runs out of what they're able to do, then that's where God has miracles, and so, so she had 12 years of reports from, I'm sure, all types of sources, but she was listening for something. She was listening to something different. Like, if you, if you need a miracle in your life, you may need to change what you're listening to. The Bible, Romans 10, 17 says, so, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I love, I love the Bible because God so many times, I mean, there is mystery, don't get me wrong, but so many times he takes the guesswork out of things and then we complicate it. He tells us where faith comes from. Like if you, if you need God, if, if you need to apply faith in your life today and you're needing God to work, don't try to have faith here to have faith. There's so many times, Pastor, I'm just trying to have faith. I'm like, don't try here. Here. Faith comes by hearing. Listen, hearing the word of God actually, I don't know if you know this, it increases faith. Faith can be increased. When you read the Bible, you'll see Jesus say things like, oh, you have little faith. But like then you have the Syrophoenician, the centurion, and those are two places where he says, wow, I've never seen such great faith. So if you can have a little faith and you can have great faith, then there is a way to gain faith. And then Paul tells the Romans, this is how you can gain faith, by hearing God's word. Faith doesn't come from you. That's where we always think faith comes from us. It doesn't come from us. Faith comes from God. It's through us. God actually gives us faith. Did you know that? To each man, he has measured out a measure of faith. Paul said to the, to the Galatians in Galatians 2.20, he says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life now I live, if you look in the original, it says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. In other words, I'm living by his faith in me. Right. And so faith doesn't come from you. It comes from him. So that's why what you're listening to, listen, however much faith you have or however much you don't have has a lot to do with what you're listening to. And we have a world that is full of reports. 24 hours a day of reports about everything bad. And if faith comes by hearing, so does fear. If faith comes by what you hear, then, then fear comes by what you hear. So what's this lady doing? She's like, I've heard all the bad. I'm going to listen for something else. Faith, faith is the law that changes things in the natural. Most miracles you see, faith was at work. Most everything you receive from God, I already said, really everything you receive from God, faith is at work. So really, not only is faith a law, but faith is the law of change. Because if you need a change today, whether it's in your health, your situation, your circumstance, whatever it is, faith is the law that changes it. So she was listening for something that would change her situation. See, it, it doesn't just matter what you listen to. Sometimes it matters who you listen to. It says, 
she heard about these reports about, so give you a churchy word, testimony. She heard test, somebody was having testimony service. When church I grew up, one time we had a shutdown testimony service because everybody's testing about, testifying about the devil. Because they were just saying things like, Lord, just, you know, I just want to start by saying, I just want to testify of the grace of God. You know, this week the, the, the house burned down, the dog died, and my husband ran off, and the car blew up, and I just want to praise the Lord and just pray that I can hold on to the end. And, and that's where I'd say, if that's all you're holding on, just let go, sister. Just let go. <laughs> now I came to church, now I'm depressed. But, but, but this lady had got around some people, because you can get around those people, Right? There are Eeyores out there. I lost my tail. It's no one likes me. And there, listen, there are people that will, listen, faith is always about where two or three agree is touching anyone. Faith is always about agreement. And there, fear is also about agreement. And there are plenty of people that will agree with you in the report of your fear. And they will get around and tell you, yes, this is probably the end. And you're probably going to die. And it's probably all over. And there are those people, and then there are the people who are reporting about the goodness of God. And I don't know about you, but when I need God to work in my life, I like to shut some people. Like when Jesus gets to Jairus' daughter's house, all the mourners are in there, and they're already starting the funeral, and he kicks them all out. Sometimes you got to get people out of your circle so you can get faith in your circle. Are you with me? And so, it ma- by the way, it matters who you follow on your Instagram. Follow some people that have faith because faith is how you win. First John says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. If you're going to overcome anything, faith is going to be required. Like you, you, we think about it. You can't do anything without faith. You can't be saved without faith, right? By grace through faith that you're saved. You can't live the righteous live by faith, right? You can't walk. We walk by faith and not by sight. You can't please God without faith and you can't win without faith. You're going to have to have faith. So it's going to matter what you listen to, and it's going to matter who you listen to. You're trying to have faith. She was listening for a change. Like this world is full of reports. Listen to something that's different. That's why you're here today. Listen to something that's different. Like there, there's, a, there's a reason why. Listen, I've read the Bible. I don't know how many times. There's a reason I get up every morning and read the Bible. I don't care if it's Leviticus. Faith comes by hearing. I'm going to control what I hear to the best of my ability. That's why I don't play some stations because I'm like, man, that'll depress me. I'll be scared to death. I mean, there's a gas shortage. There's a shortage of everything. There's a shortage of Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> I could deal with the gas and the, you know, the other. I'm like, but wait a second. If, we're not got, if we don't have sauce for our nug nugs, this is a crisis. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> it matters what you listen to and who you listen to. Here's the second thing. You got to talk to yourself. You got to talk to yourself. This is what, what it says, verse 28. It says, for she said, for she said, for she said, if I could just touch his garments, for she said. Now, here's the thing. We know based on ceremonial law, she's not allowed to be around people. Anything she touches is unclean. Any person she touches or that touches her is considered unclean. So by law, she had to be completely isolated. So when it says she said to herself, or she said, I should say, she was saying to herself. Did you know you listen to you more than you listen to anyone else? I was talking to a staff person this week, and they were they're in Enneagram 6. And so they were saying, we were talking about this point, and they were saying, I got a whole committee, like an Enneagram 6, like, I like not just one voice inside, but I got like a whole, anytime I'm thinking through anything, there's like a whole committee that weighs in. I'm like, that's got to be terrible. I'm a three. I just have one, but he's real mean. Like I have this inner judge that judges everything that I think and say and want to do. I don't know if you live this way. And so, and so you, by the way, if, but here's, let's just talk. You all got voices in your head. The voices talk to all of it. Like if you're sitting there, I must be crazy. I hear these voices. No, you're normal because we have these voices in our heads because we talk to ourselves and you talk to yourself all the time. In fact, 
your narrative that plays in your head all the time usually is a narrative that comes from the law of sin and death, meaning that you are created by a father and you are redeemed by a father and you are adopted and become a son and daughter. But there was another father who was your surrogate until the time came that you realized who your real father is. And that surrogate is known as the father of lies. So to keep you from coming to the father or to keep you from really being who you were called and created to be, he programmed you with a narrative about what's wrong with you or who you are very early. And that narrative typically plays in our heads all the time. And that's one thing we come, that's why, that's why the word of God is so important because then we come to our father and part of what he does is he starts telling us who we are. And he puts a narrative in our head that we are loved and we are chosen and we are called and we are valuable. That cancels out. We are abandoned and we are bad. And no, he tells us, no, you are clean because of the word that I've spoken. It's what Jesus told the disciples. And, and so, so, so you have voices in your head. Sometimes you need to argue with yourself. I've never lost an argument with myself. But, but says so she said to herself, another way to think about this, think about this, because you need to understand how God works. Another way to say that is she thought. She, she thought, I said to my, she said to herself, she thought. You have to understand everything really starts with a thought. You are what you think. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. This is, this, is, I mean, this is how God is. Like when, when we look at the word of God, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. So we're talking about the beginning. We're talking about the agent of, of change or creation, which is Jesus, the word. And that word in the Greek then is used as logos. And logos is the expression of, but it more has to do with the origin or the origin thereof being in thought than in speech. Because typically you don't say things you didn't first think. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth Right. And so you need to understand the way God created everything was it started with a thought. In fact, everything you're wearing today, whatever you drove over here, whatever, whatever you're going to do today, it, it started someone thought. And so what I love about this is this lady got control of her thoughts. It doesn't matter what you post. It matters what you think. Because you're going to say you're going to say what you think. And, and so everything starts with a thought. Faith is spoken, but belief starts with thoughts. I mean, the, the fruit of faith is going to be seen on the lips, but the seed of faith is going to be heard in the thoughts. Right, hold fast the confession of faith. If we believe in our heart and we speak with, you know, believe in our heart, we say, and with the mouth, confession is made under righteousness. So there, there's belief, and there's, and there is. So you, you have to say it, but before you can say it, you have to think it. And this is, this is what she starts doing: is she starts with a thought. I think I can be healed. I think I can touch him. I think I can get to him. And it says, and she said, she said, if you look at the verb tense of that word in the Greek, it would be to say and keep saying. Kind of like when John says, in other's fullness, we've all received in grace upon grace. That, word, that phrase grace upon grace is present ongoing, meaning grace upon 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 grace. God has always got more grace than you got screw ups. Grace upon grace upon grace. He's never going to run out of grace. So this lady, same tense, she says, if I just touch. And then she said, if I just touch. And then she said, if I just touch, if I just touch, I think I can. I think I can. I think I, if I just, if I just, sometimes you got to get your iPod stuck on replay. Right? Because the devil's not going to shut up. And all those voices that are stuck on replay, you got to put a new voice on replay. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes there are some mornings I wake up with a song in my head or on my mind, or, and, and I will literally just, I will just turn on the song on Apple Music and just let it play. And I mean, sometimes kids are like, why are you going to wear this song out? I'm like, it's okay. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying this song. We're going to play it over and over. Sometimes you got to get the right thoughts saying the right 
And she said, she said, if I can, she said, if she said the greatest message on faith you'll ever hear is the one you preach to yourself. Because that's, that's what, that's what this lady did. She just said, this is my sermon. If I can just touch. I think I, you know, in 2020, I went, went through the hardest season of my life. And um, if you know about it, great. If you don't, doesn't matter. Um, and there were a lot of reports and there were a lot, and there still are. Like sometimes I just go out and talk to people to find out what, what's going on in my life. Um, <laughs> you know, just so I know, just so I know, you know, and uh, it's interesting, you know, it's, it, my grandfather used to say, some people would rather walk a hundred miles to hear a lie than go across the street to hear the truth. I found that to be very true. Um, and so, I mean, we got people writing letters about me. I mean, it's, I'm like, I didn't know I was that important. Like, thank you so much. I wish anything, and there's nothing in it that's true, but I wish it were. I mean, I wish, anyways, point is, dark season. And there were all these reports and all these voices in my head. And I found those voices don't stop. Three o'clock in the morning, they're just, and it was all those like, you know, it, it's over for you. You'll never do what God called you to do people hate you. I mean, it was, I mean, I have to, you do know I'm human. So I deal with mostly the same stuff as you. Like I haven't started walking on water yet. You know, I've been practicing a little bit. Um, but ultimately I'm just a human. And so I had all those voices just in my head and they were just, and I was like, it's just over. And I, I mean, I got to the place. I'm like, I'm going to quit. doesn't matter. No one's ever going to listen to anything I have to say anyway. Everybody's going to believe this stuff about me. I really can't tell the truth about me. And so, you know, whatever. And then I decided those reports weren't going to stop, but God still probably had a report. I always say, if you're still breathing, your story's not over. And if, it, if you're still breathing, he's not finished. And so I went to God, I'm like, maybe you could tell me what the report is. And he started telling me things like, you're loved, you're chosen, you're anointed, you're graced. I'm for you. I'm not against you. And if I'm for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. One for you is better than everybody else against you. And I just started saying, you know what? I'm called. I'm chosen. I will preach the gospel. If it's just me and my three kids and the dog, I'm gonna, we're going to, listen, we're going to heaven, y'all. Like, I'm going to preach the gospel. And I just decided, and I got my iPod stuck on replay, if you will. And I just decided, I'm, I'm going to say to myself what God's trying to say to me. Amen. Here's the last thing. Um, and then you have to go after what you want. I, I like, I like this, this, this miracle because it, it stands alone categorically in, in the way that it all occurred. Because this, this lady, she, she heard the reports and she goes after Jesus and it says she comes up behind him in the crowd and touch. Like for Easter, I talked about sneaky Jesus, but this is the story of the lady that snuck up on Jesus. Like it's a plot twist. Like she goes, like, here's what she said. Hearing is not enough. Oh, I want you to hear this. Hearing is not enough. Thinking is not enough or talking to yourself is not enough. Like you have a thousand thoughts. It's the one you act on that makes the difference. Right? And choose wisely because you act on the wrong thoughts. You'd be in prison. You don't act on every thought, right? Oh, don't look at me so holy. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was speaking at a prison one time, and I looked at those guys. I wanted to level the playing field. And I said, guys, the only difference between you and me is you did what I thought about. Because I guarantee you, if whatever's in here, I've probably thought about it. Somebody cut me off. I didn't think about praying for them. Nervous laughter. <laughs> We're in church. <laughs> and so, so she said, hearing is enough. Faith comes by hearing. And, and then she said, thinking, thinking isn't enough. See, I, I think sometimes we don't understand the, the difference between having faith and using faith. Like, it's almost like potential and kinetic energy. Like, like 
Potential energy is energy that's stored, and kinetic energy is energy that is in motion. And I think sometimes we don't understand that, that sometimes we have faith, but we're not using it. Like she heard, well, how does faith come? Hearing the word of God. So she had faith. Now she's preaching faith, but she didn't get healed because she had faith or because she preached faith. She got healed because she answered her own altar call. And she said, I'm going after him. I'm going to sneak up on him. I'm going to grab his garment. And so this lady, listen, she didn't get healed because, listen, you can have faith. But the question is, what are you doing with it? How are you using it? You know, the Bible tells us that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So we need to understand there's a difference between hope and faith. So hope is an expectation that is attached to the future, right? That's what hope is. Now you have to have hope to have faith. Faith is the substance of hope. If you don't, that's why the enemy is always after your hope, because if you lose hope, you cannot have faith. And so faith, though, is the substance. So I have this future expectation of something good. Now faith is how I give substance to that hope. It starts making it tangible for me. But then what is the substance of faith? Well, according to James, it's action. So faith is what gives hope substance. Activity is what gives faith substance. She heard, she thought, she came, she touched. It's, it's the substance. It's the activity. She didn't sit at home with her faith and say, well, I hope God comes by. If it be his will, maybe he'll find me. If she'd have prayed that prayer, she'd have died. Do you know what I really love about this miracle? <laughs> Is that God wasn't even involved. Think about it. What was involved in this lady's healing? Faith and a robe. You know what also there was not even there wasn't even a scripture like touch his garment and you'll be healed. Like I don't even know where she came up with this. Like there's there's not a law, there's not a verse, there's not a psalm. You will be whole by his garments. There is none of that in there. But this lady Here's the reports about Jesus, and she comes to, this is what she said. She said, faith needs substance. All right, if I can touch. If I can touch. If I can touch. But then faith needs substance. I've got to go touch. I like the aggressiveness, the assertiveness, the risk that she's taking being out of her house, the risk of scrutiny, but also the risk of punishment. I'm telling you that, that I like, she's aggressive. I think, sometimes, I think sometimes we are sitting back. I think sometimes we have confused the law of faith and the law of sovereignty. And we're living as que sera, sera Christians. Hoping, well, God's going to do whatever he's going to do. Que sera. If she would have believed that the sovereignty of God was all that there was and that God was just going to do whatever he was going to do, she'd have sat at home and died. No, she said, God is sovereign, but faith's got to touch something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it too, because, because, because when Jesus, who is not involved in the miracle, he doesn't know it happened till after. Let me help you with something. God is not holding up your miracle. Did you think about that? Like he is walking this way. She is crawling this way. She grabs his garment. She's made whole. And then Jesus is like, stop. Wait a second. Somebody touched me. And then they're like, everybody's thronged about you. I want to use that word. And do you understand his statement as much as it was a commendation for this lady, it was actually an indictment for everyone else. Yeah. 
Because here's what he said. Yeah, a lot of people are touching me, but somebody touched me. I wonder if that's how he feels at church sometimes. There's a lot of people around me, but somebody touched me. I think sometimes we come to church waiting on him to touch us, and we forget we can touch him. That sometimes the most powerful breakthroughs you experience in your life are not because he touched you, but because you touched him. You went after him. You pursued him. You came up and you got a hold of him. And so many times we come to church like, well, I hope this day God does it. And God's like, I hope this is the day you try to touch me. And that's what I like about, about her is because Jesus is on, he's on a mission to Jairus's house. He is not paying attention to this lady. He, he does not know that she's coming. Yet all of a sudden he realizes there's, he realized there was a miracle. And this, I think, is the law of faith. It accesses the power of God. Like it, you can find a light socket in this room or in this building. And what you know is electricity is there and it is available. But unless you plug something in, you don't experience the power of it. That's what the law of faith does. It plugs into the power of God. The power is there. It is residing there. It is actually accessible. But she touched him. She plugged into what was already there. And so many times we're sitting back here saying, I wish he would. But she was saying, I think I can. There's this um, place in the Gospels where Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, and they're having a moment. And, and while they're on the mountain, this, this father brings his son to the disciples and, and because his son is demonized and he wants them to deliver his son. Now, they had had some success with this. Otherwise, they wouldn't have tried and he wouldn't have brought them to them. But Jesus comes down to some commotion. And the commotion is the father saying, look, my son is demonized. We have traveled all this way. I have brought him to your disciples and they're not able to do anything. And he says this, if you can do anything. Where most Christians live. If you can do. And Jesus flips the script and said, if you can, I know I can. It wasn't a question of his power. It was a question of what the other man would believe. And somebody else said, you know, God, if you can, if you will, I hope you will. I hope you can. And God's like, I've given you the law of faith whereby you access what is available. Because God's saying, I already have done what I can. Now will you do what you can? And this lady sitting at home figures this out. Don't know how. Heard the report. Thought to herself, if I can but touch. If I can but touch. And then she comes up. Instead of living in the world of I wish he would, she uses the law of faith and says, I think I can. I think I can believe. I think I can touch him. I think I can be made well. And in that moment, the law of faith supersedes the law of sin and death. And it says, and immediately. Why? Because Jesus came to her house? No. Because Jesus even knew she was there? No. Because she applied a law of faith and accessed the power of God. And that power changed her situation. And what Jesus did just to clean up was just relabel her a child of his. I think I can. Do you think you can? Because maybe you're sitting here today saying, I wish he would. I hope he will. 
And I think the question is, though, but do you think you can? Can you believe? Can you believe? Because Jesus said all things are possible to him who believes. Amen. Amen. We give God praise today for the word of God. Why don't you stand? Stand with me. God, thank you so much for your word. God, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Maybe you just need to say today to God, I think I can. I think I can believe. I think I can be made well. I think I can touch you. I think I can go after you. I think I can be healed and be whole. So with our heads bowed, and if you're watching online, don't, don't turn off. This is probably the most important part. If you're watching online, you participate with us. But this is where we just take a moment, every one of us, and say, and we ask God, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me in this moment right now? What are you saying to me? And then just, and then just listen. Just listen and let God speak to you. If you're online, wherever you're at, in the car, in the living room, whatever, just listen. And God, I do, I pray, I pray you speak to every person. God, just a word, a word for them. And, and with our heads bowed and no one's looking around, you're just having your moment with God. Whether you're online or in the room, I just want to take a moment and say, if you need a relationship with God, if you need a relationship with God, then I want to pray for you. And you say, well, how, how would I know? How would I know? Well, you'll feel something on the inside, I think. The Holy Spirit draws us to God. So you feel a little nudge, I think, on the inside a lot of times. And so whether you watch online or you're in this room, if you feel that nudge, just something that's like, man, I need a relationship with God. Then I want to pray with you. So I'm going to ask you to do something you heard about. No one's looking around, not trying to embarrass anyone or anything like that. But if that's you, I just want you, even if you're watching online from wherever you're at, I just want you to lift your hand to God and say, God, here I am. I need a relationship with you. I want a relationship with you. It's not about a church service or a song or a denominator. Like, God, I just, I need a relationship with you. Like, I want to be forgiven. I want to know that I'm right with you. And that's you, even if you're watching from your own living room by yourself, just lift your hand up as a sign of surrender. Like, God, here I am. This is me. I want a relationship with you. And then I want to pray with you if you lifted your hand in the room or online doesn't matter I want to pray with you and so you're going to pray the words are more I mean the, the heart is more important than the words but just as a guide it would be something like this like God I believe in your son Jesus I believe that he died and he rose again I believe he did that for me and God I ask that you forgive me that you wash me that you cleanse me that you make me a new creation and that you help me to follow you the rest of my life. And God, I do, I pray as they pray this prayer, God, that they would sense your presence, your nearness, God, that you would make yourself known to them and God, that you would guide them as they follow you. God, help us all today put into practice the law of faith, the law of faith. God, and see change in situations in our lives, God, as we trust you. God, we thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness, your grace, and your power, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Come on, can you give Jesus one more praise? He's so good. And I want to invite our prayer team to come. We end all of our worship experiences with a time of prayer for anyone who needs prayer for anything. It would be our honor to pray with you. No matter what it may be, we want to pray with you. And um, if you need prayer online, you can text my pathway prayer to 77977. My pathway prayer 77977. We'll connect with you that way. But if you need prayer, we want you to come. We want to pray with you. Everyone else, we say a big God bless you. We love you. Go take over your world. <laughs> we'll see you next weekend.